0: APU. American Public University is proud to present the following podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody, to this audio podcast here at American Public University System. My name is Dr. Bjorn Mercer. In today's conversations with faculty at the School of Arts and Humanities, we're talking to Dr. Karolina Kupchinski. Welcome, Dr. Kupchinski. Thank you
0: very much for having me.
1: Yeah, definitely. And today we're going to be talking about learning foreign languages for personal growth. And so to start it off, first question, how do you learn a foreign language for you?
0: That is a very interesting question. And I know many learners of foreign languages want to know how to do that. Learning a foreign language could be compared to learning how to play, for example, an instrument or even sport. You just have to do it. Obviously, with that in foreign languages, there are certain resources that one will require. And that also will depend on preferences on learning. As we know, some people prefer conversational, let's say Spanish. Some people prefer to use more of a traditional method would be going to the book and starting with vocabulary and then grammatical activities and then putting sentences together. So it really depends on a person. But I think the first step of learning languages is obviously a desire to do it, a motivation saying today is the day I am going to begin.
1: Excellent. I love that. Today is the day. And I like that you talked about sport or a musical instrument. I always compare learning a foreign language to learning an an instrument, say guitar or whatnot. Literally, people just have to decide, I'm going to do it today. (laughs) So that transitions nicely to our next question. What does it take to learn a language? And are there any newer techniques to consider with the abundance of technology, apps, uh, just everything out there?
0: I think number one with the languages, I, for example, studied eight of them and I speak five of them. And I have to say that motivation is number one it's the desire. To do it, obviously, the reasons for learning a language could be very different, for example, when I came to the United States when I was seventeen years old, I came with my family, and it was simply a survival. Somebody had to learn the language to obviously to be able to function in the United States. so I was the lucky one, and obviously, going to school and learning and acquiring and really dedicating a lot of time to learning. I would almost say a little bit under pressure because obviously my family counted on me. So I learned English in six months, a little bit less than six months. So then when I started learning other languages and some of them I taught myself, for example, Greek, it was all motivation. I said, I am going to learn how to speak Greek and literally bought a book, CDs, and dedicated two hours every single day to practice reading, pronouncing, whatever it took. The newer techniques to consider, definitely technology provides us with so many different tools right now, just like we use at our school for example, Rosetta Stone. There are so many resources online too that one can use as a supplementary material. Or when you already know how to learn a language, if you're learning a third, fourth language, it's so much easier to know exactly what is required to learn the language. Second language is a little bit more difficult because your brain is adapting to it. But like I said, with a third, fourth and fifth, it is so much easier to do it. So if one really wants to do it, the resources are out there Um, to pretty much teach oneself how to speak a foreign language.
1: That's excellent. So what I'm hearing is the second language is the hardest. Indeed. And then after that, it gets easier. So if I can ask a question, I'm assuming Polish is your first language. That is correct. Is English your second or was it Russian?
0: No, it was Russian. It was mandatory, obviously, in Poland. We had to do Russian. In high school, we have to take two foreign languages in addition to our native language. So I have selected German and English. However, didn't really pay much attention to it, to be honest, only because I didn't plan on leaving Poland and traveling anywhere. So now as a professor and as a teacher, I always tell my students that it's so much better to know it and not to use it than vice versa. So I rather know how to speak German and not to have to use it than go to Germany and find myself in a predicament that here I go again. So... Yes. So to answer your question, Polish was first, Russian was second, then German, English. And then when I came to United States, I obviously studied English because I didn't know it that well, because obviously teaching foreign language was a little bit different. So it took much longer. Um, And then here in the United States, I studied um, Spanish, Italian, French, and then I taught myself Greek.
1: Excellent. You are putting me to shame. I just need to learn. I I need to learn Spanish. Uh, We've talked about this a lot, living in the U.S. and I live in the southwest part of the U.S. I need to learn Spanish. It's very practical. Mm -hmm. So here's another question. Since you, and from Polish to Russian, are those two languages similar? Yes. And then when you learned English and German, were there linguistic traits that were similar to Poland to the German and English? Or are Polish and Russian so different than English that it was relearning something.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a great question too, because speaking to people who speak the same languages that I do, they had different experience learning them. So, for example, Polish is similar to Russian. When you listen to it. There are many words that are very, very similar. Obviously, as those are boarding countries, there are many similarities. Writing is very different because the alphabets are different. And then Polish alphabet is very complex too, because we have many different letters. And then orthography is very different because there are, for example, two H's, two U's, two letters called Z. So you have to know how to spell words. So from that perspective, it is difficult. Russian is similarly difficult to Polish as well. And then when I was teaching myself Greek, for some reason, Russian was popping up in my head a lot. So it was very interesting how the language that I was, for example, most comfortable with was coming out. So when I was thinking of a word, let's say in Greek, Russian word would come up or Polish word would come up because obviously my brain knew that particular word and it was producing it faster that I could do it in Greek. So there was very interesting observation when I was learning it. In terms of German and English, they are obviously similar too. There are many similarities. So for example, when one English speaker learns Spanish, they are they were surprised by grammatical structure. The syntax is different because there's conjugation. And what is conjugation? How do we do that? So for me, learning Spanish from Polish was not difficult at all. I consider Spanish to be very easy language to learn because of how complex Polish is. So I think if your background is in a language that is rather difficult, learning certain languages makes it very easy. So I didn't have a hard time learning Spanish, Italian, I'm learning Portuguese right now, which is also not difficult at all because there are so many similarities. And since I already know how to learn a language, I can be very efficient and very effective doing it.
1: Really, really fascinating. So at this time, we're going to go and take a break. We're talking to Dr. Karolina Kupchinski about uh, learning a foreign language.
0: Today's corporate world requires
1: talented professionals who quickly rise to meet business needs on a global scale. At American Public University, we'll teach you how to meet the needs of domestic or international businesses. Take the next step and apply online at study at apu.com. And we're back. We're talking to Dr. Karolina Kopczynski. So on our next question, a great question. How long does it take to learn a foreign language? Do you believe it has benefits to career development? And then what fields do you believe that benefit the most from learning a foreign language?
0: Mm -hmm. Great questions. I think that... The length of time that we need to learn language really depends on us, because as I stated before, when I had to learn English for survivor skills, I did it really fast. And I know also from feedback, for example, from my students, if you really want to learn it, then you are just going to do that. If you kind of taking it because you're going to be traveling, let's say to Costa Rica, then you just need a few expressions to be able to, you know, ask for a taxi, ask for a hotel, then it's obviously a different story. So I would say that it really does depend on the learner and your usage of the language, what you're going to do with it. In terms of benefits to career development, I will definitely use myself as an example. If I did not speak Spanish, I wouldn't be able to teach it. And obviously network and design courses and do many other different things. I also serve as a translator and interpreter, both in Polish and in Spanish. So obviously without knowing those languages i wouldn't be able to perform it and i feel that nowadays it's almost necessary to know a second language and then i would also add the, all of the benefits on a cognitive level that we obviously receive by learning a second language and some other activities like music for example too so fields that benefit from knowing a foreign language i think there is just so many of them i know definitely that medical field you constantly we constantly see advertisement and looking for interpreters in medical field definitely education business i think they are absolutely endless i know many of my students at the high school level, come to class and do want to learn Spanish because they will be going into military and they already know that this is going to be a huge benefit for them. So I definitely encourage anybody to do research who is working on their career. When I used to teach classes for Spanish for medical field, I had so many nurses and doctors who were coming in and learning in due to the fact that obviously they had patients who spoke Spanish and they simply did not want to hire an interpreter. They wanted to be able to take care of business themselves. So I think it's endless knowing a language opens so many, not just a door, but I would say door and windows.
1: Excellent. I completely agree with that. My wife is a therapist, and so she uses Spanish Mm -hmm. every day. And if you look at Spanish for healthcare, Mm -hmm. uh, look at Spanish for entrepreneurship business and for criminal justice, Spanish in this country to me is, if not the most important, well, I would say it's the most important language to learn besides English. Right Now looking, and this is going a little off a tangent, looking five, 10 years in the future, which languages are the most important ones to learn as somebody who's born in the US? Is it Spanish number one? And what other languages might come after that?
0: I would think Spanish, Knowing, looking at the population and how many countries speak Spanish, I would say that Spanish is definitely number one. A few years back, I think German was extremely popular. And I know that those numbers went down. So I think everything will depend, like I stated, on economy and the business and everything that's happening. But I would say Spanish, I would say Chinese, from my experience. I also know that Urdu is one of the languages that it's wanted, so I'll be very curious to see what happens down the road.
1: I uh, completely agree. Just with all of our connections with uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. um, our largest trading partners, I. Th- Think is Canada number one, and then uh, Mexico number two. Mm-hmm. So just the pure practicality of that, and then everything in Central and South America, and just the pure practicality—the the demographic change in the U.S. is going more and more towards the Hispanic population, and which will mean potentially more Spanish speakers. Correct. And so having uh, two languages, hey, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Chinese and
0: Urdu. Now, have you
1: studied any Chinese? Because obviously, that's a different character system.
0: Indeed, I was more intrigued by Arabic because of the way it looks. However, I do have textbooks for Chinese that I have purchased probably a couple of years ago and I was looking through it and it's definitely very intriguing and I do love a challenge when it comes to a language. So as soon as I'm done with Portuguese because I feel pretty confident with it already, so I'm gonna give Portuguese another six months and I just might accept the challenge and learn Chinese.
1: Excellent, now looking forward in the future, China, obviously, is a very large country, very large economically. It's only going to grow larger. And learning Mandarin Chinese, definitely a, a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so the next question I have is here at APUS, mm-hmm. what are some techniques used for helping students learn a language for professional and personal development? Of course, at APUS, we're all online. Mm-hmm. What challenges does that pose and how do you, say, overcome those obstacles?
0: In Spanish 100, we have a forum in week number two, which we're currently in, where students have to go to the library and research a little bit about Spanish and how possibly can that help them in their future to make it more applicable. So it's really nice to see that connection because many of my students, for example, talk about medical field. So they do see benefit of speaking Spanish that will obviously help them with their career. So building on that and knowing that they are interested in it right after, I recommend supplementary materials and I will comment in the forum and say, I see that you are interested in this and that. Here are some of the materials that you might want to also check out, knowing that we have such a plethora of resources online. And many of them obviously are super thankful and they go into it and they study vocabulary on their own and they practice other grammatical drills because they want to just move through it rather faster or they read about Culture. If they are going, let's say some of our students are deploying to Spain, they're going to be there for a little while. So they want to learn about the culture, traditions, depending on the region. So just providing them with the tools that they really see meaningful. Because as we know, sometimes in a language class, you ask yourself, okay, what is the purpose of this? So we try here, definitely at APIS, to make that very applicable to our students and meaningful so they can see, oh, today we are learning, for example, concept on traveling. Many people do travel and they do have contact with speakers of other countries. So even knowing how to behave, what to ask, what to state, I think it's very, very important. So yeah, providing them with resources that are, as I stated, applicable and something new to spark their curiosity and obviously make them want to learn more about it.
1: Excellent. Say we have a student who gets through Spanish 100, Spanish 101. What do you recommend for them to do afterwards to continue to develop their skills and to delve more into the language?
0: Depending on where they're at, let's say at the end of 101, if their purpose is, let's say, they are going to be traveling on a business and they need to have a communication, let's say, with a businessman. So definitely finding out resources that are going to be geared more towards Spanish for for business. And this is obviously some of the classes that we hope to offer in the future to our students. So giving them resources like that, and they can definitely find those type of resources by themselves online too, and really narrow it down. So instead of just, let's say, opening a particular website and finding out conjugation of all the verbs, just focusing on what is it that you're going to need. Some students prefer conversational Spanish. So maybe they just want to learn a few expressions, how to be able to say this and that. Some really plan on having a deep conversation. So obviously they will have to use a lot of vocabulary, different grammatical structures. So they they may want to practice that. So many students do ask for resources after they complete 101 because they want to do something else. I had students who shared with me that they want to be medical interpreters and they were asking me, where can I get more resources? So I did find websites and show them how to do it and where to go. And so they very much into it. They are very focused and we can definitely provide those to them.
1: So as a musician, I've experienced when you're playing something. And when you're reading it on the sheet of music, and so I always read music, and then when I'm playing, there comes a point to where you stop looking at the music, but you keep on playing it. And at that point, you play it better than you ever have. And so we compare that flow in music to flow when you're learning a second language. Now, can you kind of describe that experience for you?
0: Absolutely. That pretty much happens when you stop translating in your head. So obviously, at the beginning, you have vocabulary you have that input and now we're working on the output so i very often share with my students that do not worry about being grammatically correct it is important part of speech but i would rather have you say gdzie łazienka? instead of not saying anything which in polish means where's the bathroom but i only stated where bathroom so if you don't know how to say where is the bathroom just say bathroom So obviously you will get what you want. So it does happen. And I also share with students that once you start dreaming in the language that you are learning, it pretty much shows you that you are able to have that fluency and that flow as you describe it. And it's absolutely amazing because I use English, Spanish, and Polish every single day at home because my children speak Spanish and Polish and then obviously English after school. So very often when we have people come over and hang out, it's like, how do you do that? How do you just switch? And because it's so natural, like you said, like with music, playing without looking at the notes and just diving into it, that's exactly what happens with the language. Your brain just knows what's going on. I would recommend to learners of foreign languages not to be afraid to speak. Yes, confidence. I used to be this way that I would be just afraid to say it because I was afraid that I may say it incorrectly, I might be ridiculed, but it does not matter because it's all about communicating. And we know that in foreign language, definitely just like in music, we learn from from mistakes. So it's quite alright to make them so that we can learn how to do it correctly.
1: Excellent. And the last thing, or I should say, the last question is Mark Cuban, the very famous industrialist, mm-hmm. everything owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He always says that the two skills future employees should have are philosophy, which is very interesting, mm-hmm. and learning a foreign language. And so we've gone over a lot of ways in which we learn a foreign language, right? But by learning, say, so so by knowing a Polish and learning Spanish and knowing uh, German, mm-hmm. how does that help? connect you with the cultures of those countries too. Besides just knowing the language, understanding the culture of those countries and the people of those countries and their perspectives is almost as important, which connects to say what Mark Cuban, the desire to not only just know the language, but also know the people.
0: And I think by knowing the language, you get to know the people because obviously language is a part of the culture. So when I taught myself Greek, I said, I am going to Greece right now to check my skills because I didn't practice much over here in the United States. So I did that. I found a program through England and I found a host family in Greece and I went and I, by using the language and being able to communicate, I was able to become part of the culture. And they obviously included me when we travel, when we ate together, when we went out. I learned idiomatic expressions, colloquialism, obviously, because I became part of the culture. So it is very important. And I think with Spanish, because we have such a fantastic diversity in the United States, we are able to experience that culture within. So we don't necessarily have to travel to Peru or to Bolivia to be able to experience that culture because of the people who are here and obviously, preserve their culture too we can become a part of it
1: excellent and i completely agree and you and i would live on different ends of the country right and you could literally walk out my front door and i could start speaking spanish <laughs> and so for me that's uh, motivation i need to learn a second language i know music mm-hmm. i know how to write and everything so i learned so i know a second language but to really help me expand i guess you can say everything yes excellent well uh, thank you dr carolina kopchinski for this wonderful conversation about learning foreign languages for personal and professional growth so thank you
0: thank you very much for having
1: me excellent and again you have been listening to american public university this is conversations with faculty in the school of arts and humanities and have a good day
0: for more information about our university, visit us at study.apu.com. At APU, American Public University.